Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. My guest today is Patrick Renna, actor, producer, director, and now clothing and fashion mogul. You can find him on Instagram at Patrick Renna. Patrick Renna, welcome back to the American Glutton Podcast. Thank you so much for having me back. I guess I didn't blow it the first time. Oh, you were wonderful the first time. <laughs> By the way, you look great. How's well, life? Thank you. What's going on? Uh, life, life is good. Um, you know, just uh, I have two young kids. You're kind of out of the young kid world. Yes. Uh, but my oldest is six and youngest is three or about to turn three. So it's... Uh, at about 6.30 at night, it's wild. It's wild. I've I've seen you make some, I feel like I say some, but maybe it was just one, but videos about your kids' food. Oh, yeah. And, and one of the memories I have is this feeling that of, you know, the rationalization is like waste. We can't have waste. And so... <laughs> And so if the kid doesn't eat the mac and cheese with cut up hot dogs or the well, chicken nuggets, I eat that. Even That's though mine. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No. Uh, even if I've already eaten dinner, I'm still going to eat a second meal. Yeah. I'm like a hobbit now. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. These are these are some of the wonderful things. Like um, I used to tell Brandy that um, I forget how I worded it, but that I was putting on sympathy weight. You know, when she you're not wrong, right. you're not wrong. If my wife, while she's pregnant, wanted a kind of haagen I got one for myself, too. Yeah. Like going to I do everything with her. Solidarity. Right. Yes. Yeah. We do everything with them except birth. You know, we let them just have that. Yeah. You guys take this. We're going to yeah. do everything. Else. We got everything else. Yeah. Pickles. I and definitely ice cream. put on some sympathy weight for over the past because I I mean, I've you know, on the subject of weight, I fluctuated so much in my life, but, um, that I was in really good shape before my kids, we were like jogging and running. We had all the time in the world. And then through those two pregnancies, I quit smoking. I, you know, uh, I wasn't ever a heavy smoker, but I still just, you're just eating instead. And, um, then you're just not exercising and sympathy weight and probably gain 70 pounds. It's crazy. Yeah. When the last time you were on, it was you and Grant Klein. You guys are business partners, right? Yes, you're in are. business together. And, yeah. and you guys would do these challenges. Have you, have you had any more of those? Was that the last of it? The problem with challenges is nobody ever pays, you know, <laughs> so they're just, complete and utter BS. Uh, so I think probably three days after your podcast, that challenge was off. Right. Although Grant is, uh, if you follow him on social media, he is lifting up massive tires and tipping them. And apparently it just works every part of your body to do that. So yeah, that's a total body workout. Yeah. He's, he's getting, he's getting ripped. I've been exercising a lot more. We're in a good place right now. 
Yeah. You look Wait great. Till Thanksgiving ruins it all. <laughs> right. I love that we're now in the countdown to Thanksgiving. I've decided to not celebrate the holidays this year because I was doing so well last year and then the holidays derailed me and it took me four months to get back on. So yeah. Like, this is stupid. Yeah, it is. It is a really odd window from like the end of November through January 1st. Yeah. Where it's just like all bets are off. I'm going to go nuts. Yeah. It was through March for me. It just didn't stop. Yeah. Why wow, that? Yeah, that is it. it is so crazy. Oh, January 1st wasn't even the breaks. No, that's what I mean. It probably I probably got my life together food wise. Yeah, March 1st, something like that. Um, so it was, you know, I looked at it and went, this was so stupid for what because I was on a roll. Yeah. Um, and just four months complete or three months completely off. Right. And if we look at it, if we think about it like from a, a, a kind of like an exterior point of view and go like, well, it's Thanksgiving meal. That's right. a big meal. And maybe Christmas or Christmas Eve. That's yep. a big meal. It's really two meals that we're giving up. But it's never just that. It's like oh, holiday it parties. Tone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's true. You're only giving up two if because. I don't think holiday parties would set the tone because I, I got into such a rhythm. I mean, this like lifestyle thing has been the big thing that's helped me. It's kind of obviously what you do. Like it is a lifestyle. You It doesn't alter. And that's what's kept me on is like a new lifestyle that I'm leading food wise. But those two meals completely take you out of that lifestyle. I don't think without those the little holiday parties would because i stick to it i'll you know just have the chicken skewer instead of the you know lobster mac and cheese ball right yeah i mean look dude it, it is so bizarre because if like when i think about in this moment what's thanksgiving and it's turkey mashed potatoes gravy i go like that's not that's not the hardest meal to get through like i can no. you can do a serving of turkey by the way turkey you can probably eat as much turkey as you want yeah, right. and then do like a scoop of mashed potatoes some stuffing but for me it becomes like that's not all it is that then it's uncle bo's jalapeno poppers and somebody's going to bring a noodle casserole and there's pies and it's all of that and it does become this like uh, you know, Romanesque nauseatorium where it's just like, we're going to eat until we vomit and then we're going to eat some more kind of an experience. Um, and yeah, it's, I, I'm, I might skip it too. You might be like, let's disband these holidays. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. Cause it is, it's fully uncle Billy's jalapeno poppers that get me and if if there's ever anything that i've been addicted to in my life it's food like i didn't have a real big run of you know i i've drank a little bit over the years and i'll i'll enjoy alcohol but i've never been that addicted to those sort of things or drugs but the one thing for me is food yeah. and i start that train and i cannot like 3 a.m wake up did i did i gorge myself enough i don't know i did it <laughs> Right. Let's see what else I can do. Yeah, it's, it's wild. It's this. It's fully mental, but it's pretty. It's quite something. Yeah. What? 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 Are you on a program now? What are you doing? No, I mean, you know, the thing that's always just worked best for me is like 
always keeping in mind caloric intake and not, you know, you, you and I looked over that, like, what is your resting amount where if you're just laying down all day, what is it? I forget what it was, but, you know, exercising so that I can eat a little more food and then just staying away from like, honestly, like gluten-y things. Like yeah. if I'm going to cheat at night with a, at a steak dinner, I'll have some mashed potatoes. But the second I get into breads and things like that, I don't know what it is. It, it just, I mean, you probably know what it is, but there's some, maybe it's the sugar. I don't know, but it literally hits a switch. No, I'm, I know I I'm with you like the bread basket. It's very hard for me to have a bite of bread, but like if a kid says, taste my mashed potatoes, I'll taste the mashed potatoes and I'll go like, yeah, I could eat more of that, but I'm not, there's no like antsy compulsion. It's also her food. It's not my food, but when the bread basket is communal and it's like everybody's sharing this, I'm not sending back a piece of bread to become stale and thrown away i want to consume that whole thing so i'll sooner just say no bread please because i can't deal with you or if they're you know if it's super fancy and they're walking around serving everybody an appropriate piece of bread i'll decline because i'm gonna eat that whole piece of bread you know i i get that i do eat bread though i i can eat bread i just like I go, I'm going to make a sandwich out of one slice of bread and then put the bread away and that's it. Yeah. But also you're so regimented, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, you know, all the amounts of everything and will not put in anything more. Yes. That's yes. A hundred percent. And I, I suppose if I did that, I could do it, but like, there is just something about that bread and pasta and (laughs) even French fries. I can't, I don't, I can't like sit there and eat French fries all night. Like I would stop. I don't know. There's something yams like, okay, they're good for that amount. And then I'm, you know, I'm good. Yeah. So, but there's that pasta, that bread. That's, that's that's your Achilles heel. Yeah. 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 Maybe there's something about the density to it. You know what I mean? Like once you chew it up, it, it's no longer, ex- it's no longer a thing. It's yeah. half air. And so it can turn into a smaller mass, but like potatoes, you chew them up. It's the same volume pretty much. Yeah. It's funny too. Cause my uncle, uh, used to, they used to tell the stories. He would just make a pound of pasta and sit in front of the TV in his twenties he had a six pack in his twenties. So it was a little different, but I did the same thing. I did not have a six pack in my twenties, Yeah, but I would just do a pound of pasta and just do the whole thing. And like, just I could just take it down. Well, let but me ask you this. Genetic thing. Can you eat the pasta with no fat on it? With no sauce, no olive oil, no butter. No way. It, right. would that, but that would be okay. Huh? No, I'm not saying that's okay, but I will say for the longest time i didn't eat bread i didn't eat carbs and i was terrified to eat them again but i was very much extremely zero carbs at all like i wasn't even eating sweet potatoes and then when i made this shift to like i'm gonna try to practice my i'm gonna try to make the totality of my diet be moderation and i came back to stuff like pasta and rice i would eat it without fats and i found that i could not overeat it Uh like i couldn't overeat bread if i didn't put butter on it if i didn't dip it in olive oil 
that's not tr- necessarily absolutely true because you could get focaccia, which is cooked with a shitload of olive oil, and then sure. it's it's pre-lubed for you. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? But like yeah. just a dry slice of bread is for me easier to moderate than something dripping with oil or butter. And same with pasta. Like I found that like canned tomato sauce has a decent amount of fat in it. So I try to stay away from that. And then pasta becomes kind of boring without fats. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way I would eat a pound of just pasta from the strainer. (laughs) Yeah. That sounds kind of terrible, actually. It's terrible. It's really terrible. And even if you added something like chicken breast to it, that doesn't spice it up enough to to want to get through a pound of it. No. Uh Uh-uh. I'd yeah. probably start eating the chicken. <laughs> I'd probably pick out all the chicken and be like, yeah, that's much better. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's what I've found with those kind of carbs, that they are not as, for me, as uh, much of a gateway without the fats. Yeah. But if you mix the two, I can I can do real damage. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, it probably is more the fat then. Because it, it, it is like when you, if you go out drinking one night and then you're, you know, feeling it the next morning, all you want is that greasy something. Yeah. Just, you know, dump that grease. I don't, so it is more the, the fat that you're probably craving than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I just know it's hard to get through like a bowl of any carb. Yeah, it's not lubricated with some fat. The the it it becomes a challenge for me. Do you stay away from uh, fats primarily? You know, I try. It, I try to. I the most important thing for me is to get the um, the adequate amount of protein that I want to get per day, and then that becomes tricky because much of the sources of protein that I use have fat in them too. So that becomes a part of my calculation. And then I have room for carbs, but it's not free. I don't, I, there's no endless amount. Protein's almost free in that it becomes a challenge to eat as much protein as I want to eat. Yeah. And because there's fat in a lot of them, then that dips into my fat allotment. And so I've become very interested lately in getting enough fiber and avocados are a great source of omega-3s and fiber so i'm really loving them but if like i eat a half avocado that could just that could just wipe out the rest of my fat so there's no room for olive oil or any anything else really after i've gotten my fats so i i i guess i'm find myself trying to avoid ancillary fats more than ancillary carbs but my carbs become somewhat of a challenge because there's no fats on them. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 That's yeah. I mean, it's not absolutely. It's not yeah. as enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, even like a pancake without butter and syrup is terrible. Right. And by the way, also cooked in a pan without butter or oil. Yeah. Cooked in <laughs> steam and water. <laughs> right. Steamed pancakes. Sounds yeah. awful. It's yeah. terrible. Yeah, no. And you could you could get away with either. You could get away with carbing the carb with or, with uh, syrup, and then it's palatable. Right. Or you just go a ton of butter, and it's palatable. But I find the things on their own. You know, like I, for the longest time, thought of pizza as a carby food. 
but now I really think of it as a fatty food because yeah. um, I think the amount of energy you get, and I could be off slightly, it could be even just equal, but like because fats have 2.2 times the energy per gram as carbs, so like a gram of um, fats has nine calories and a gram of carbs has four, so anytime I'm thinking of something like I used to think of the you know, a cheeseburger as a carb heavy thing, it's got way more fat than it does carbs. Yeah, that's it. You know, I'll tell you why that's right. Because my wife gets this thing uh, of a gluten free vegan cheese pizza. And it's still the greatest thing I've ever had. Yes. <laughs> but that's just because it's still got pepperoni, tons of tomato sauce, tons of fat. It's like, it's all the same thing that's on a pizza, just with a different crust and cheese, but still tastes amazing because it's not any less fat. That's right. Sure. Yeah. Does she get it from Lucifer's? Yes, she does. The absolute, by the way, you put Domino's and Lucifer's gluten-free pizza down in front of me. I'm eating Lucifer's. Oh, it's 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 better than the regular one. It's I shocking. agree. It's shocking. Yeah. But it probably is not any better for you because it's just it's still got all the fat. Yeah. I mean but it also has a lot of carbs. It's not carb free. No, not at all. True. Right. It's got it's everything. Just, it's yeah. just it's just got no gluten, which yeah. I think can be, you know, a little misleading. Like sure. Like okay, I didn't eat gluten, but I ate fucking yeah. five thousand calories and fat and carbs. Well, and like, <laughs> what does it matter at that? Well, unless you got celiacs or something. Yeah. Well, uh, a funny story about that is a good mutual friend of ours, Brandy, and her husband, Max. Yes. The, uh, another uh, Brandy, not my another, wife. Oh, yeah. She's not, not a yeah, polygamist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they, Max is a close friend of mine. He was on a diet and was just you know carb-free or whatever. And one night is sitting there eating a bag of cashews, you know, Trader Joe's, that big. Yeah. And he pounds the whole thing. And Brandy just looked over at him and was like, you know, that was like 5,000 calories, right? <laughs> and he was like, what? Carb-free? What? 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 Or whatever diet he was on, he could eat nuts. But yeah. uh, it's like, yeah, you can't just pound the bag of nuts. No, you get, you do. I think some of these diets, you can get in trouble by their kind of absolutism of like, well, it's just carbohydrates. And then you do the diet and you see initial weight loss and it's, and it's like, well, really, you're just pissing out water. You know what I yeah. mean? It's not fat. You're if you're if your calories are still really high and your weight is coming down, you're just getting rid of water. And because that's how carbs, every gram of carbohydrate that you consume will hold three to four excess grams of water. That's how it stores in your muscles that you then use as energy. So if you deplete your system of carbs, your weight's going to go down without necessarily burning fat. So mm. when I think about weight loss, I always assumed that meant I was losing fat. And there's lots of different things you can do that will make your weight on the scale come down without actually affecting the fat at all. You can dehydrate yourself. You can reduce your glycogen stores in your muscle and see a reduction on the scale and then what happens is that stops and you actually have to consume less overall energy in order for your body to start tapping into fat stores. That's one of the problems I had with keto, which was 
you know, at 500 pounds, I start doing keto and I am just eating less. And so I'm burning fat. But at a certain point after having lost 150 pounds, still needing to lose 150 pounds, I was consuming too much to do that and found myself doing a caloric diet on top of keto, which, you know, for me just became a waste of time after a while. Why? Because it was just too hard to do. Well, if I'm my, the selling point of keto for me was you don't have to worry about calories. Yeah. And so if I do have to worry about calories, then I'm just going to worry about calories and eat a piece of bread every once in a while because it made life slightly more enjoyable. Now I will say there are days when I find myself daydreaming about a gigantic fatty steak and going, well, that steak alone has all my calorie needs for the day. Um, but every now and again, I go and have that steak and that's okay too. And every now and again, I I eat a piece of pizza and that's okay too, but it's very rare. But so you would say mainly the thing that's worked the best for you is calories, calories in calories out. Well, in order for your body to, I think of it more as energy. I, uh, my body derives energy from food. So I'm consuming a certain amount of energy. If I want my body to use its fat stores as energy, I have to reduce the amount of energy I take in. That doesn't mean you have to count calories. You can, you can achieve that. Anybody who does a diet and loses weight has reduced their calories. That's just thermogenesis. If you, if your body is using its fat, stored fat as energy, then you're not putting enough energy into it to maintain homeostasis. And so I don't always count calories every day. I've kind of gotten to the point where like for just maintaining my weight, I roughly know how much to eat every day. And so I just do that. If I want to lose weight, like I did a movie that'll be out in June and I wanted to be smaller and more shredded. And so I went on a diet and there I was really going like, how much can I eat every day? And I'm going to track it. Is that the one where you're like all tatted up and yeah. scary? Yeah. I saw the preview. It looks terrifying. Yeah. It's a scary movie. I just did like a, a boy meets world reunion type of thing. And they asked me about it and I was like, it's not for you. It's not <laughs> fucking, like nobody here who's here for boy meets world is this movie yeah. for Sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't I don't count calories every day. I don't think everybody has to count calories to lose weight. But I think it's important to know that if your selling point in a diet is I don't have to be in an energy deficit and I'll still lose weight, I would go like, I question that. Right. Because what, what kind of weight are you losing? Are you just right. pissing out water? Are you, you know, the majority of your fat loss is going to be through your breath anyways, because we right. are- machines and that's the exhaust system you know yeah i mean that that's always been and it's also that's why i was saying like lifestyle it's also the easiest thing to do is just generally calorie counting and not like shoving food in your face and working out and yeah you know just some form of exercise that gets everything rolling and you know yeah increase uh energy output, decrease energy input and, yeah. and you lose weight. Yeah, I agree. That's become the the best 
you know, the other thing I think about is um, how I always considered these diets to be the solution and that weight loss to be the end, the goal. And now I just think, no, no, this is just forever for me. And yeah. I'm going to be doing some version of this forever. And that's okay. It's okay. But almost everyone does that too, except Jennifer Lopez, apparently. Matt, ben Affleck said she eats whatever she wants and looks like that. So right. that's the one superhuman person on the planet, I guess. Yeah, but she, I, I, I just go like she's pro, her body is programmed to turn off when it needs to. Like it's, sure. it turns yeah. off before mine would normally turn off. Yeah. I just can't do diets too. Like, that's just the truth. I remember HCG, remember that huge phase? Sure. I never did the shots, but I was like, ooh, I could do this two days of whatever I want. Like, let's load it up. Let's go crazy. And then, then you get on the diet. So I did the two days of pigging out, just anything. And boy, did I go to town on those two days. Like, yeah. Just ate everything in sight. And then the the I did a day of fasting. I was on the couch like this. Uh, and then I did the second day and halfway through, I, I'm still like this, uh, like 36 hours later, probably sub 20 hours. My wife comes in the living room and I'm like, she's like, you got to like get up. And I said, then I can't do the diet. Then stop. So basically I ate, I did two days of picking out and a day and a half of fasting. That was my HCG. Yeah. I gained five pounds like I, I can't do that stuff at all it's just a waste for me yeah i those those diets are completely insane and i did them i did those crash diets and they're completely insane you're just you know the propensity to put on excess weight after losing weight even if you stick through it it's like i don't know anybody who had long-term success having done anything like that not one yeah. person no it's yeah i mean the the thing that I've always done really well, well, it is just food delivery and like, yeah, you know, balanced meals and not a lot. And yeah, a little bit of like, I'm going to be hungry sometimes. And then when I eat, I can't overeat. Yeah. That's amazing. that's why I cut out the starches. Cause I'm like, that's the old, that's the kryptonite for me. So I just don't touch it, but yeah, that's great. No, I think yeah. that's super valid. If you recognize something. Yeah. I can't like, you know, it's very hard for me. Like if I'm going to have a uh, dessert or something like that, I want to make it halo top because I'm not, I'm eating the whole thing. Yeah. You know? Like oh. there's, there's no, I, I'm not having a serving of ice cream. Once that's open, I'm eating it period. Yeah. Yeah. I have a kid who will go around and open the ice creams and take one bite and then close it and put it away. And every time I open it and see a bite taken out, I'm like, what criminal did this? <laughs> <laughs> like you open it, it's yours, finish it and yeah. then throw the container away. A hundred percent. I cannot do it either. Yeah. And I don't, my wife hasn't learned yet either. The next morning she'll go, you ate all the ice cream. I'm like you've been married to me for 15 years. Yes, I did. Like <laughs> yeah. I did the last 15 years. Yeah. Don't nice to feel bad you. about this. I'm not, I'm not proud of myself this morning. Right. Yeah, no, that's that's crazy. You have a, a new clothing line. I want to hear yeah. about this. Um, yeah, we, I mean, so I just obviously, you know, it's, uh, there's this image from the Sandlot movie I did that a lot of people sort of adopted and uh, Urban Outfitters started it, I think, 15 years ago. They did a shirt with it and a lot of people were buying it. So, and then it kind of just started getting bootlegged and, you know, just I, I saw it everywhere and people loved it and 
Um, so it just got me thinking about doing something myself, but I didn't want to just open a merch line. So I teamed up with Jesse Wilner, uh, who runs Mighty Company. And she's, you know, the fashionable jackets for women. And um, so she's the creative director and we created an athleisure line um, that's, you know, it's all handmade in, uh, in LA, actually, not all of it, but a lot of it, half the line is made out of LA and, um, it's all screened in LA and finished in LA and everything. Um, but so we just, we, yeah, we made this custom athleisure line and it's really, you know, it, it was kind of wild, like just getting all these fabrics this is not something I've ever done and just feeling and be like, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, but it, you know, we, she designed some cool stuff around the, that image and other images and things like that. And, um, it's graphic heavy and we have hats and all sorts of cool stuff. And then we also opened the Hambino foundation. Uh, so there's a charity aspect to it that eventually once it gets really going, we're going to, you know, I'd like to build, I'd like to turn, um, like dilapidated sand lots into you know fields for underserved communities to have sports because sports has been a big part of my life and um you know so i just the, there's that cool aspect but yeah it's it's a it's a great another um project that i'm doing because obviously i'm still acting and producing and directing now and that's what i do with grant we have a production company but um this is just kind of a labor of love and it, it's been cool it's been an experience for sure not something i ever dealt with before the the most exciting part for me as a as a from an external point is um was the idea of somebody making more accessible athleisure stuff because a lot of that stuff doesn't fit me well and i don't think sure. it, you know like you, you get a guy like you or i to go to like lululemon and it's just really thin people and clothes for really thin people you, you yeah. know what i mean and i was just excited like i'm glad pat's doing this because i think there's a lot of people that could benefit from it yeah it's funny also you know like i'm not I'm not the tallest guy in the world. So being heavier and shorter is always a struggle. So like once it gets really going, I actually want to create a new size yeah. that is large short because it's always, there's always the like tall sizes, like extra large long. And I'm like, where's the extra large short? Like, right. Cause what I got to hem everything I buy. Cool. So <laughs> I didn't, I didn't start it for me, but we definitely, it it's, it's been a learning curve. And, you know, even the first drop we did, uh, we sold out, which was great. And people seem to like it. But even that, we've made some adjustments so that it fits. Like, I'm the model. So I put it on. I'm like, nope, mm -mm, no yeah. way. Never wear this. <laughs> and so it's it's getting better and better for guys like, uh, you know, me. Yeah. And um, me. And no, you. dude. Yeah. I, you know, I've never, I, I, I guess at my absolute thinnest there were a few companies that i could pull off a large in but yeah. like uh, getting under extra large is like i don't feel comfortable i'm like uncomfortable and i'm there for a week and then i'm yeah. not a large anymore i'm extra large um but there's so little consistency with that size where it's like if i go to a company and buy xl i have no idea what i'm getting i know you, you know what i mean well, and that's what's great too, because I have Grant and he, although he's dropped like 40 pounds, but he was a, a true XXL. So yeah. we had 
him and and I would go large because that was the thing. Like I didn't want the slim fit, which slim fit is the most infuriating thing of all time. Uh, but so I have that, but I'll, I'll send you a sweater. So you're an extra large. Yeah. Okay. So you have to tell well, me. Well, no, listen. Episode. Yeah. Well, I, here's, here's the other thing that's fucked up. I think is like, there's a company I really like and their shirts. I'm a three XL slim fit, but if I get three sure. XL normal fit, it's this blouse. And if I get two XL normal fit, it's a halter top. So like, I, you know, I'm, I'm, utterly against slim fit also yeah. but like i think mostly for american brands i'm xl sometimes i'm double xl yeah. european brands i'm never smaller than triple xl so I, I you know i just think there are smaller people i have no idea i want to be xl i want to identify as an xl person. i do too so i want to identify as a medium so bad uh just because those are the ones that like the arms aren't too long, but it's funny too with even within the same company because I've started to really pay attention. And like, I just bought a bunch of clothes from Banana Republic, and the larges at Banana, their recent uh, line, are all really good. Okay. Like, and I was impressed by that. But then, like J Crew, their larges are half the size. Yeah, and I'm like you know, or it's just way too tight. Um, and then there there are some companies though where like in a button down I won't even be able to close it, but then you go to like Buck Mason and I'm swimming in it. It's wild. Like, it is wild, right? Like, yeah, there's no standard to any of it. So our sweaters, the the custom made ones are roomy fit. Right. Um, you know, so that, I guess that I'll send you the XL and you can tell me if if you agree. Yeah. I mean, if they're roomy, it'll be perfect. I found that um, American apparel, which is out of business, so it doesn't matter. But like I and I bought all of their white T-shirts that I could find. I mean, literally, Brandy is furious with me because I probably have 40 white T-shirts un unopened just because yeah. they're they're out of business. You can't get them anymore because there were an XL that fit me the most. So I felt like I'm good about myself. I'm wearing an XL. It fits yeah. great. I'm perfectly happy. And their advertising is weird because it's all like heroin people. So I thought <laughs> like this runs for the smaller side. So sure. I don't have to feel guilty about my XL. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It is just there is no standard. So I don't know, you know. Well, the line was our second drop, which is out now. We were a month behind because I tried on everything. And I was like, no, it's too snug. Right. So we had to literally redo thousands of pieces of clothing and because I I refuse to have a line that isn't roomy. <laughs> no, I like that. That's what that was part of when I saw you doing this. I was like, oh, good. I see yeah. Grant in the background. Oh, yeah. He just got here. He was in a meeting. Yeah. Hi, there Grant. Um. Yeah, I was like, Pat's going to do something and it's going to work for guys like me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's why I did it. And stay tuned for the sh the, the large and XL shorts coming soon. Right. That's what we need. For the too. short guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, good for the short guys. And then for also you. for the guys sure. with thick thighs. That'll be good. That's true. Yeah. That's a whole wow. That's yeah. Like the whole perfect fit for the. Yeah. 
yeah, I sit down sometimes in a regular pair of shorts, which fit seem to fit fine when I'm standing up. And then I sit down and they're trying to strangle my legs and I don't right. understand this. Um, yeah. uh, all right. Awesome. And, and you continue on your path of a lifestyle change and moderation and all of that. Yeah. Thank you. I will. It's, uh, it's not always easy, but it's worth it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Pat, thank you so much. Yeah, but that was fun. Uh, I guess Grant left, but uh, I'll see you next time for sure. Yes, sir. See you later. All right, man. Bye. Bye. And now for the Q&A. Hello. Here is a question from Joe. Hi, Joe. Joe says, hi, Ethan. Huge fan. Been listening to your podcast for about a year now, and your story is amazing. Nice. Thank you. He says, I am six foot two. 535 pound man and I'm 32. I'm afraid I'm not going to live to see my kids grow into adults. I have agoraphobia, so I can't really leave my house and pretty bad depression. So just getting motivated is really hard. What would you recommend? Yeah, man, that's a tough spot to be in. Um, I think that if this is something you want, and to me, it sounds very much like your, your desires to improve your health and live longer. I guess we have to put a value on it. And is the value of that more than whatever pleasure you get out of eating and not moving? I don't know how much exercise. Listen, you can lose weight just sitting in your house. Um, that's totally possible. You can also design. Uh, workouts in a, for a living room, you know, squats and pushups and, um, just at 530 pounds, just standing up and sitting down in a chair that a number of times that's exercise. And so you don't really have to leave. How are you getting your food? If you can't leave your house, who is providing your food? Have a, have a real heart to heart conversation with that person and say, um, here's what I want and here's what I need help with. Um, if you're, I'm, I'm literally trying to rack my brain for all the potential pitfalls I could have had. And I didn't, I wasn't going through that when at, at a day and time of like, um, postmates, postmates didn't really exist, but you could order Domino's pizza um, and I would give my mom my credit cards just so I had no way to order Domino's pizza. And then, you know, there would even be times where I would be scrounging for change to pay the Domino's, you know, this was, there was a day and age way back when in my day, and you'd actually hand the Domino's pizza person cash when they brought you the pizza. I don't even know if you can do that anymore, but like whatever it is that your routine is that's allowing you to stay 530 pounds, I would just start deconstructing that and putting up barricades and barriers that get in the way of continuing to exist that way. That's what I would do. And that's what I had to do. If, you know, if you have a real heart to heart conversation with yourself and make a decision on what is more important, eat, continuing to eat the way you do, or, making this drastic change. Um, and then that's entirely up to you. Yeah. 
I think that's super helpful. And Joe, you know, thanks for writing to us. Let us know how it's going. And, you know, I, I, I think that your advice, Ethan, is so good because it's just, I mean, you're coming from your real experience too. And, you know, I don't know. I get it. There, I, can, there can be a feeling of um, helplessness as though um, this situation is occurring to us. And I think that I eventually went from that to completely understanding that I was 100% responsible for causing this situation for myself. Yeah. Obviously, I can't speak to everybody. You know, as I say that, I'm picturing a guy chained to a radiator in a dungeon being force fed. And then I go like, what the fuck does that guy do? How does that guy go from being something is occurring to me to I am responsible for this? And to that guy go, I don't know. But wherever we can figure out how we are in control, we, you know, it literally took me going, I can do nothing to um, trying to find everywhere that I believed I could be in control of. And, and I started honestly and literally with, I can tie my shoes. I can tie my shoes. That I am in control of. And then I built upon that. I can stand up. There's going to be 500-pound people who cannot stand up. So Joe says he doesn't like to go outside. He didn't say he's incapable of standing up. So like, can you be in control of that? Can you stand up? Great. Can you do it again? Great. How many times can you squat down and stand up, you know, sit into a chair and stand up and, and then take a break and then tomorrow do it more? Like, where can you be in control? And I think as, well, for me, as I dissected this and continued down the path, I eventually came to, I'm in control of all of it. It's all up to me. And I'm not saying that that occurred overnight. I don't think that occurred overnight. I actually think that took quite some time to occur, but I can, you know, I continued on that path. I took, I took the first step on the path of what can I be responsible for? And then I just built on it and built on it and built on it. And I think there is a, you know, there is a way out, but sometimes it does require um, having a conversation with other people. Don't get me, you know, I don't know what his deal is, but like, don't get me fast food. Don't get me, you know, buckets of pasta. Don't get me fried chicken, whatever, whatever it is that you're consuming that's allowing you to get to 530 pounds, let's start cutting that back. Um, and then just get, get ready for it to take a long time. It's not going to happen quick. It's not going to be an overnight thing. It's going to be a drastic, uh, upheaval of your life and the way you live. And potentially at some point you become more comfortable going outside. I don't know how agoraphobia works to be honest with you. So maybe that doesn't happen. I don't know. I'm not I'm not trying to sell you some miracle here. If you lose weight, you'll lose your agoraphobia. I don't know. I don't know about agoraphobia. Um, there was a long time where I was immobile and th was totally convinced that I was severely depressed. And it turned out that I was just exhausted and had no energy because 
just moving around my house was truly exhausting. And a lot of that went away when I was um, able to move more freely through space and time. Mm -hmm. uh, and I had more energy. And um, I believe that if you're 530 pounds and you lose any significant amount of weight, you will too be able to move more freely through space and time and maybe you'll feel better. I don't yeah. know for sure, but I suspect you will. Yeah. Well, I hope Joe keeps us aware of how that's going and yeah. um, appreciate that question and, you know, reaching out. For anyone else that might have a question, you can always email us at AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee. You can follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely.